0: इस दुनिया में दो किस्म के एजेंट हैं, एक जो किलिंग करते हैं और एक जो लविंग। lover. हूं एजेंट a
1: पंखा के मेरे होंठ है रेड, हैं
0: color of my bed? I am हूं मैं सीरीज 70 और बची a कर। यार वो मेरी बहन थी। <laughs> I'm A No baby.
1: All right, we're back once again. This is How to Pakistan. You were just listening to the absolutely brilliant Agent Lover by Danish Ali. Uh, he also gave us permission to use it today. It is a song I'd encourage everyone to download. I absolutely love it. ठीक we're all familiar with <laughs> ना
0: बिस्मिल्लाहिर्रहमानिर्रहीम बहुत thank you I I don't I don't believe that I am but but I'm I'm really excited to learn <laughs> what you know what what kind of hoodlamish values and behaviour you sort of represent that I
1: represent ठीक है ना बस boys <laughs> college but
0: why so why did you choose Agent Lover as the opening for today's uh, podcast? So
1: anyhow, I would love for everyone to download the song, listen to it in full. And the opening to the song is like, you know, what kind of agent is he? He's a lover who wants everyone to come together. And I think when we're discussing the recent events of Karachi, there is no song that describes <laughs> what happened in the past four or five days better than Danish Ali's Agent Lover.
0: How many podcasts have we done on Karachi?
1: We've done a couple, actually.
0: I'm, I'm sure we have. Yeah.
1: yeah, But this one was interesting. Now, you know Karachi, and I know it by proxy in the sense that I sometimes feel... <laughs> and it's interesting that there's no alliance between Pakhtuns and Muhajirs. Actually, we're at each other's throats in Karachi. But I felt a huge wave of sympathy <laughs> when I saw what happened, <laughs> when I saw the commentary afterwards. <laughs> like, What's wrong with you people? Can't you be Pakistani? Why do you have to be who you are? Right? And so I, I just find it fascinating. And just to recap for everyone, I think uh, we should describe what happened, that PSP and... So
0: PSP is the main Party.
1: And MQM, the Kami Movement, they got together on a press conference announcing that they were merging, they were having their own electoral symbol. And, of course, it set everyone off. Because, like, imagine Goliath, right? And imagine uh, a David without a holel. right? <laughs> and you decide, like, oh, no, we should get together. <laughs> right? Then us become friends.
0: You know what's funny is I actually was excited about the kind of the merger or the alliance because, right. to me, it signaled uh, the ability of the of everybody to get along. Yeah. But I remember as the press conference went on and Mustafa Kamal started speaking and and made clear what the agenda was, yeah, yeah. more than shock or, or rather more than disappointment or confusion, I was just I was just in shock. Because for me, the idea that all the people in MQM Pakistan, which is basically the MQM minus Alta Hussain yes. and his inner circle, that they would just so readily strip themselves of this label muhajir yes uh because mustafa kamal says so it seemed it seemed fantastic spectacular uh not in a good way yes. just as a spectacle uh, not in a bad way either yeah. i mean if you know yeah. if we could all get rid of our you know complicated identities and we could all just be binary sort of whites or blacks yeah. you know um simple yeah. easy to understand easy to digest yeah that would be fantastic yeah. but then if if, uh, if everybody in karachi does that or some people in karachi do that then everybody in karachi sh- should have to do that and yeah. if everybody in karachi does it then everybody all over the country should have to do yeah. that and then that becomes kind of a you know kind of so, a complicated so thing.
1: okay i i saw the press conference and it was one was like so i agree like if you there is a situation happening in karachi you have. The <laughs> we've had a situation
0: <laughs> in your lifetime. Do you ever remember Karachi not being like a like a basket case? No, I don't actually.
1: But but the interesting thing is, look, for maybe million,
0: maybe then it's true. It is those bloody mahajirs, man, because <laughs> they've been there at least since you were born. Yes, that's true. I think we solved it. For <laughs> we solved the problem, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: uh, a lot of people in the rest of the country will be very happy with this particular solution. But see, look. If you were MQM and you'd think, wait a second, you know, the PTI potentially has a place if they get their act together. You have the PSP, which has a lot of support from the establishment. And the whole thing of vote Katna, there's that fear. So yeah, if you're making alliances, that's a good thing. Um, And then there's the other problem, is that no matter what happens to the PPP, they're going to come back and they have a significant obstructionist role in the mayoral system or the municipal system to actually work. So they're actually looking at being reduced in some way when they come back in 2018. They're looking at if they haven't sorted things out with the PPP, they won't be actually able to deliver in any meaningful way. So for them to make alliances, I agree with you. It doesn't seem like a bad thing. But that particular press conference, right? You, So the way I looked at it, it was, um, you know, when you've got a father, who's in service, uh, (laughs) well-established, and... (laughs) And he takes his son, who has, like, zero prospects, and he's not getting adjusted, and then you force the niece to get married, but she's just had a breakup like a year ago, and she's not over somehow, her breakup. Somehow
0: I feel like the chick in this scenario are, are, are the, are the managers of God. Yes, they are, right? <laughs> it, was a,
1: it was a shotgun marriage, and, and then the problem was the groom got cocky at this nikah ceremony, right?
0: <laughs> he was as, like, as you Pashtuns tend to do yes, at, we at do. wedding ceremonies. I mean,
1: we, you start firing off guns and everything, yeah. and there's a whole like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> and, and what I find hilarious now is that the establishment of this country must be thinking, dude, we had a much higher quality of collaborator in the nineties. <laughs> How are you gonna conspire in this day and age?
0: You know, I there was there were so many different parts of this that were that were rem- remarkable. Like I wasn't actually watching the proceedings until I got it I got an, uh, like a WhatsApp message from somebody saying Farouk Sadar just pulled out the big guns. So when I said that, I thought, did he actually pull a gun? Because it's the MQM, you know, <laughs> you know they're such yeah. terrorists, you know, <laughs> like you never know. So so I rushed to the TV and then the follow-up WhatsApp message was his mom just came on. And that's when I really, I was like, that, yeah. that's pretty, like, why is his, you know. yeah, And I think a lot of people, I mean that was bad enough but I think the tipping point for many people was you know the next day when he kind of started laying it out yeah and the accusations and the responses you know the whole the whole thing and then obviously Mustafa Kamal's sort of explanation of how they ended up there yeah and everybody seemed to be like oh man we knew it you know these guys they're such a disgrace you know like the establishment is involved in politics. That's <laughs> such a disgrace. I mean, for the first time in Pakistani history, yeah. some dudes were talking to some dudes in the army and asking them what to do. It's never happened in Pakistani history, yeah. right? But the reaction I, I'm I should I should clarify I'm being sarcastic. What I what I'm actually trying yeah. to say is I I really would like to understand where the shock and awe here was. Yeah. Like, were you how did you
1: is it? I think it's shocking awe because the the it's essentially a you know dramatic performance that appears to be real and that it was exposed for what it was so quickly. Like you made an HBO level drama and aired it on Comedy Central. Like the way that it suddenly fell apart is what dude, people were dude, shocked by.
0: Dude, the party that you voted for in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Four months at d Yes. Like, what... Seriously, like... I, I think that was a better job than this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was So, I think... You're giving was, up was... Razzies too
1: quickly, okay? No, no, no. It's <laughs> not about
0: Razzies. I yeah. really... I, so, first of all, like, there's no defense of the MQM, right? Uh, yeah. Especially, like, the whole, the whole edifice. The fact that this was a party that was led by this man who, you know, clearly is Looney Tunes today. Um... So it's not so much a defense of the MQM, but, I mean, the bottom line is they still knock out 100,000 votes per seat per election. They've been doing it ever since they were formed. In the elections, they weren't in the assemblies. They weren't in the assemblies because they boycotted the election. Yeah. Um, there's a, so it's something that you kind of have to contend with. And I feel like that the longer this has gone on, especially with the caricatured version of a human being that that, that clown in London is you're kind of now stuck in a place where it's it's normalized to kind of treat the MQM as some alien force that, that True. be you know, wh- that when it does the exact same things that everybody else is doing, somehow the MQM is particularly laughable or, can, you know, should be sneered at. or So Farooq Sattar brought out his mom. Boo-hoo. Uh, do we realize what country we're living
1: in? Yeah.
0: Moms, dads, brothers, sisters, nieces, puppies. nephews, puppies, MA, MPA, Senator, yeah. Prime Minister, Chief Minister. Yeah. Oh hello. What do we yeah. like and it's not just one kind of party. Yeah. J U I F, the F is the son of the guy that came up with the party.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh BNP Mengel, yeah, the M is the is the son of the guy that was the chief minister. Yeah. Like, you know, so I mean B P. <sighs> Bibi's dead, but you know yeah. the orphan and the and the widower are yeah. like sort of co chairpersons persons. Yeah. the single biggest political crisis in this country in in many years is Nawaz Sharif not being able to figure out how to control his daughter yeah. while he tries to hand power to his brother. Yeah, like, so he brought out his mom at a press conference, and that is like the it's like the ultimate sin.
1: I I I don't,
0: I don't get it. Am I am I being sort of
1: no, no. I, am, am I being unreasonable? No, I. I think that's good context. I think actually, so bringing out your mom was not something that really uh, bothered me at all. I think the issue. She, was, was, she looked
0: like a sweet old lady, yeah, like yeah, I, you know. Absolutely. And I thought it was cute. Like at least David like he must be, you know, he must be good with his mom. You yeah. know, not all of us are. Right? No, know, no, so. I
1: agree. I think. I think the issue is something else for me. You have the m q m right and it had its militant criminal side you effectively i mean one thing about the operation is is however it was put in force, whether we say that you know the civilian side was hemmed in whatever but the operation was successful in the sense that it has managed to control crime it has managed to curtail the bad side of the m q m however, my point is. That was the end goal. If you have a party which does have a genuine middle class representation, it articulates the needs of a significant component of your nation. And then you decide, wait, this is not enough. Let me over-engineer this and make this into a pure establishment party that negates who it is and who the people are. The problem with that is two things. is One is that what happens to the people for whom those issues are... Significant, right? Who then says something for the muhajir and their demands, which are legitimate? Forget. I'm just saying, take out the MQM from this. Wait,
0: but I'm not even. I'm not. I, I don't think it's fair for us to say that Muhajir demands are legitimate. I'm saying that even, like to me, uh, there, there's plenty of ethnicities or articulation of ethnicities or subnational identities that are and let's not even call them subnational identities, pre-Pakistan identities, yeah. right? You, yeah. you guys love saying we've been around since 2,500 years, yeah. Pakistan's only 70 years old. Yeah. I love it. That's great. <laughs> cool. Good for you, right? I mean, right, now that Pakistan's made, we can yeah. all modernize and, you know, yeah. we can let women go to school and, yeah. you know, sort yeah. of. <laughs> I'm really trying to sort of provoke a reaction you know. here. <laughs> let your women drive, bro. <laughs> Although, can I tell you, every time I go to Peshawar, I see more and more women drivers. What's that all about?
1: We've always had women.
0: Drivers. Oh, come on, don't be cute.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> okay, fine, you're right. We, we've had more so, but I mean, we're also now subject to the same changes, and I'm glad that these things are happening. Right. But the point was is that if you had an operation, your aim was achieved in effectively taking a party back from the brink of what was a anti political. You know, stance. What is politics? It, does, it doesn't happen at the uh, you know, behest of any threat of violence.
0: Yeah, you can't do politics at the barrel of a gun. That's exactly. not politics, it's right? extortion.
1: So they got to that point. And they would have gotten to that point more over the couple of years if the same kind of. So do you feel
0: that all the people that are involved now, they're all clean, That they, they don't have criminal. Like they, they they, do. they're not criminally they liable? They
1: do. But if they cannot right now act on it, the question is then you use. If you've got this level of pull, you can use the courts, you can do a number of things we've seen it happen But Fuzzy, isn't
0: this the era of like the cleanup? Like we've got rid of one Prime Minister. Now, you know, inshallah we're gonna get rid of this MQM business, these criminals <laughs> and you know, there's the Hudebia thing that's yeah. you know, jacked and ready to go. Yeah. Uh and I hear that, you know, Asim was just the was just the uh tip of the iceberg. Yeah. But there's so much more coming visa the uh I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: no, like seriously but I do I- think there's an interesting thing at play here We are seeing, and I would appreciate this Is that the NAB seems to be ha- acting right now Or it is defining its intentions of doing it across the board Right, so whether it's Aleem Khan Whether it's a number of other cases that were pending We'll have to see whether that happens or doesn't But where do we want this signal from? We want the signal from the Supreme Court right now
0: really yes. cuz no but there's a debate that especially many noonies but I, you know on this you know i've been i i think i mean you know what my position is i've yeah. been pretty i've been pretty sour with the noonies right yeah. like i mean they had a year and a half to defend themselves yeah. now because they were so arrogant in handling the case the way they did yeah. we have a l- legitimate like full blown political governance crisis yeah. right if you were more careful and you treated the court with more respect, and yep. you hadn't messed up, if you'd taken responsibility for some of the mistakes maybe that were made in the past, yep. maybe you wouldn't be in this situation, right? But if you look at the way the Supreme Court has positioned itself with the longer judgment and, and also some of the stuff that's come out of the judge's mouths on the Tarin case, for example, it doesn't look at all like a, like a good scene. It looks like there's a very different... Ben, uh, set of benchmarks for Navashirif and and a different set of benchmarks and assumptions No but that's in the, what other, I'm ca- saying. In the other cases That's
1: what I'm saying right Like right now
0: you you're saying the court, conduct of the Supreme Court is prejudicial to, towards Nawaz Sharif yeah, or yeah, against him. Yeah it is different right now it is, the
1: way yeah. we're seeing it Look if somebody asks you today can NAB actually go against everyone without prejudice and do it across the board There are capacity issues. There's a number of issues that will take much longer to resolve. But in terms of actually looking at it empirically, at least we're seeing there's movement from NAB in that respect, which gives NAB certain space, at least in terms of what it's trying to do. When we're looking at the Supreme Court, I disagree that, you know, you did the whole Panama case and effectively you took a technicality and used that. And that technicality also had to go to the right form, which was the ECP, which didn't happen. And then if you're using Sadiq and Amin on that, the bar is set too low. Now, I would say I will change my opinion if I see the court doing that to somebody else. And we just say, okay, these are the new rules of the game and there are no exceptions. We don't have it in for anyone. And we'll do it. But as we're seeing the reporting coming out from the Tareen case or some of the allowances being made to Imran Khan, we are not seeing that this is that sort of court. And... I'm just saying, is like that's what I'm still waiting for from the Supreme Court. Look, the objections a lot of people have, will it will be untenable afterwards. If we say, okay, it's the same rule for Imran Khan, the same rule for Altaf, it's the same for Tareen, it's the same for, you know, Isfandiyar.
0: I'm just worried that we're headed towards that whole Afzul Nasim Naseem Hassan Shah, sort of Sujad Ali Shah era yeah. of uh, of contempt for the Supreme Court. Everybody's divided on everything, which means the, the nation is not one on anything, and yeah. the nation's not one on anything. You know, in the 90s, the Indians were still stuck in the Hindu road of, rate of growth at, yeah. th- at sort of two and a half three percent 3%. Yeah. We, we do not have the luxury of taking a long time to figure this out. We also don't have the luxury of particularly bright people... Um, that have assumed the the role of guardian and stewardship uh, guardianship and stewardship of the country 's strategic and uh, sort of geopolitical interests Yeah. Uh, no but see so, look, you know we don't... have this principle of like we don 't want to end on too too dark a old, but yeah. I just i there's literally there's very little that I can point to and say, you know what this is going to be the way out this is this is how we're going to come to a situation sometime in 2018 yeah. that represents kind of a a transition a a, a change point a uh, a pivot uh, a new beginning something but it doesn't look i mean i really don't see it i, yeah. I see long term stasis and paralysis in 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 where we're headed no no i
1: agree and i and that's why god
0: I, damn it you're not supposed to agree with no, that no but
1: that's why i find the look I may be totally wrong within just three weeks' time, right? And But I just find what NAB has done recently really interesting because it has also effectively undone some of the criticism coming in from the Sharifs, right? If you're looking at everybody named in the Panama Papers, if you're looking at cases that weren't taken forward, whether it's Alim Khan's XYZ, all a number of those big cases. You keep
0: talking about Alim Khan. You really have it in for that poor... Old man, yeah who just wants to bring change to law, yeah,
1: I agree we need <laughs> we need suburban housing desperately <laughs> no, but, but I'm just saying is like and then again, now with the politicization of the Supreme Court, is that it's interesting two things one is that one how do you get
0: nailed for contempt of court? Are, are we borderline right now or
1: so I think it's fairly loose i don't think if you suggest that you know The judges have taken money or X, Y, Z, that's contempt.
0: Didn't you just sly tweet them just right there? Like that was like, that was a subtweet.
1: No, no, uh, no, you can say, look, if a judge is prejudicial, that there are uh, processes for that. I don't know exactly where the defining line is, but um, the absolute understanding of contempt being any criticism of the court is contempt. That's actually fundamentally bad for your society as well. I think... So I think the question is, like, if they can show that under the existing cases that the same principle, because one of the things that I do have a problem with, you can, you know, even their current judgment, right, where they've set the bar fairly low, if we say, okay, that's the way they want to take it, then there's, actually, you can't criticize it if that is the process from there and on. Uh, It'll just happen to be that Noah Sharif was the first case in which it was applied in that fashion. But the one thing I do have an issue with is I really think it is ill-advised of the Supreme Court to use these sayings, excerpts, which then make it harder to defend whether the judges have it in for someone or not, right? At the point where they used Mario Puzo's uh, quotes on, you know, behind every great fortune there is a crime, um, like when the case wasn't even concluded. And these are problematic things because the aim is also... I think for people who are in absolute support of what the Supreme Court is doing, is the aim is that you've done something against the sitting Prime Minister, then it has to stand the test of time. It can't be a Zulfiqar Ali-Butto yeah, case. Yeah,
0: listen, this is, at the time that the Zulfiqar Ali-Butto case happened, you did not have Justice Fakhruddin Ibrahim joining the Election Commission and saying it was judicial murder, right? Like it happened in 77, 78, 79? Yeah. I mean, are you, are you kidding, dude? No, no. Like, uh, hold on. No. Yeah, here is uh, seriously. Just think about yeah. it. At the time these things are happening, is not when we have consciousness across uh, the spectrum, right? That consciousness emerges because of many reasons: time, retirement,
1: and but this is what I would argue, right? What I would argue is that I agree with you that this particular consensus came many years after the buto like case two right? and a half three but, three decades but in this particular reasoning of this case it's it happened within days no
0: no this is where you're wrong think, i still no, think i think we we we're in an echo chamber of of people that you know we we agree with but there is a vast Vast number of people in this country. I would never dare to call them a majority. I, I have no idea. But it is a vast population that so desperately and deeply hates the Sharifs that nothing that the judges could do if they're going after the Sharifs could ever be deemed anything but a great service to democracy no, and no, to Pakistan. That,
1: that I agree with. If, so there is
0: no consensus. No, no.
1: For people who understand the law and who look at you know how the judges are adjudicating, I think there is a large number of people who have issues with the reasoning going into these things. No, but, but as far, as far as like what people believe, I think you know if they decided that you know this deserves hanging, it doesn't matter what the vast majority of people would think because the question would be is that over time and uh, what do people think of the judgment itself? I think that I think there is not enough of anything that could say is a consensus. If you look at people outside, let's say the partisan space,
0: how does all this relate to Karachi? Because I think and, it yeah, does. I, that
1: was a, uh, that was a, well, it relates to Karachi maybe in terms of just the larger forces at work right now of how these elections are forming themselves. Um, I, I let me
0: yeah. let me pause it. You know, a kind of a grand theory about what actually is happening and how these things are interconnected. Sure there's a coming of age of a certain generation in this country that hasn't seen the 90s it hasn't gone through the journey yeah. that led us to the charter for democracy
1: yeah
0: right uh i mean as a, as somebody who was sick of the 90s and as somebody who initially supported uh general musharraf i have no like i have no confusion about that journey because i i was on it um and I think that a lot of people, especially in the intelligentsia, people you know people that sort of uh, influence public opinion are engaged in in the na- national discourse, um, they uh, to varying degrees, we all went through this journey together. and so despite the foibles and the sort of grand uh, limitations of uh, of the PPP under Zadari... I mean remember, you know this was a 2008 PPP, right? Yeah. That that basically put together the twenty ten eighteenth amendment and that and that kind of again that Nash, the, the real national consensus. Yeah. Uh A, the national consensus hasn't really delivered uh visible, tangible wins for those people that want they they want to live in New York and Dubai in Pakistan. They, they they travel. No, it's it's you know I don't see it as a caricature. I mean I think it's a legitimate thing, right? Yeah. Uh, sort of middle lower middle class folks have a chance to get out of here, uh, either the parents of themselves. They see you know the world outside, or they travel. I mean so there's been such an expansion of our middle class. Yeah. People go outside the country and they see like actually roads can work. Actually we don't have to be subjected and yeah. accept smog. you know
1: yeah
0: actually uh dyslexia is a problem that can be dealt with in a classroom yeah in public schools yeah uh actually you can figure out autism like not long after you know a child is born instead of finding out at five or six because you couldn't figure out you just keep beating your kid like seriously i've talked to so many parents who who've dealt with these things and you know the ones that can afford it or the ones that have the luck of the draw they get out you know try and raise her, you know, I'm like disabled kids, right? Yeah. Can you imagine the anger that they have towards, you know, the dysfunction of the Pakistani state? So, so I get like, and, and that's just one example. So many miscarriages of justice at the police stations in big cities with people who drive cars, so many miscarriages of justice on property uh, disputes, so many miscarriages of justice in divorce cases, custody cases, alimony cases, real Real dysfunction, like the people of this country, even the well-off ones, the people who drive cars that live either on the edge of defense or in defense, you know, even those people are subjected to the dysfunction of this country. So I get like, and and I feel like I'm a part of this narrative. I think we all are. No reasonable Pakistani can stand up and claim that you know we have a society and a state that works. So I feel like there's this moment now where where a whole generation is coming of age and they feel like it's time to clean everything up and this narrative of cleaning up is like wildfire. Like people really, they have a deep sense of affiliation. It resonates deeply with them. Yeah, come on, those MQM terrorists. I'm Mahajan myself. I don't call myself that because we're all Pakistani. But yeah, let's get rid of these terrorists, right? Or... uh like whatever the version of with that in Pashto eye, is, right? With, with you eye know?
1: of the tiger playing in the background.
0: Sure, but but yeah. then also like the turtung, the <laughs> playing, and, yeah. and, and 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 like you know, so many Pashtuns have have said, you know what? We're yeah. done with the Balors and the Hotis and and the and and the dramatics of of the A and P. We're done with their corruption. We want you know clean governance, and you know Imran Khan is is is, is the solution, um, or even even if it's not that, there has to be some cleansing of of the system. This is something that is shared widely uh, in Pakistan. So as much as, you know, Mahajir identity, Pakhtun identity, Sindhi identity inform people's politics, there's a whole bunch of people in Pakistan whose politics is also informed by ARY, who, who genuinely feel that somebody needs to clean everything up. And yeah, ideally, it shouldn't be the military, but if they're doing it, or ideally, it shouldn't be the courts, but if they're doing it, you know, as long as Pakistan is cleansed of the Sharifs and the al hands, and hopefully the Zadaris and hopefully, you know, the hotis, And then, you know, and everything will be hunky-dory. And I just think that this is a, this is a challenge. Like, it's an existential challenge for Pakistan's, for, for the Republic.
1: So I just want to say two things to this. So I, I agree with that. I think one of the major things is, I think it's very instructive. I read this sentence, I forget who wrote it. And, you know, they explained it really brilliantly. They said, when you have accountability, it's very hard to say that that's a bad thing. And when a crime has occurred behind it, that's even harder still. But the third thing is that you put yourself into, let's say, an intellectually and morally amorphous situation, is when that accountability's purpose is the consolidation of power for another force. I think that is one of the major things where when you have, and I agree, the sentiment exists but it tends to happen every generation or so and to the same purpose the other thing i think that is big is like i think it's instructive to see what's happening in saudi arabia where everybody's really happy that they got 10 20 people who just happened to oppose the king's son and put them through what is a nascent accountability process which again is consolidating the power of this one dude, right? Dude,
0: they're wearing like they're, they're in like umrah blankets at the Ritz Carlton, yes. in in Riyadh. Yeah. I don't know what kind of yeah, oh, the horror. And it's <laughs> <that's funny>. like, <laughs> and
1: lastly, I think where we are is what's really interesting, and I think we've seen that with the MQM situation recently. Is this election right now look, the whole civil military imbalance is not new news, maybe the degree. To which it's now playing itself out is much higher than before but even in the PPP term it was still there but right now we're going into an elections where it's probably at a higher level and what is important in these particular elections it seems fairly obvious that the game is going to be won to a great degree by coalitions and that's why you see Musharraf announcing a coalition of 26 major parties, which have 23, never won seats. but it yeah. collapsed
0: right the next day. Yeah,
1: and 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 again, they are also artificial bedfellows. Sunni Tariq agreeing to be under Musharraf, right? A few other these are, for whatever we think of Musharraf, they're antithetical to some of the things. He believes in he's okay with using them for Does, power i, I don't as. know what he
0: believes in I, yeah. I mean frankly other than sort of the the myth of his own of his own sort of ego and actually i think it's quite sad to watch him
1: but I, I just want to say one thing what i was thinking was that look at the mma the potential of reviving that again you've got huge problems you've got stakes with pml uh with juif aligned to pml and you've got ji with And then KP will probably be an election of PTI and anti-PTI forces. In the rest of the country, they're looking to see what they can do for the MQM in Karachi. Then in the Punjab, it's again a sort of PTI, PMLN. So I'm just saying is that where we're at right now is a degree of uncertainty. And I also see why people will say, screw the system, clean it out, which we've seen them do in the 90s. We've seen them do, you know, in the 70s. And it's like this historical thing that keeps coming back. And it's going to be very interesting. But there's another thing that's happened that hadn't happened, I think, before, to the same degree, is that while engineering may be happening, it's also much harder for that engineering to happen. Like, you've got uneasy bedfellows. Yeah, but this is kind of
0: the, my problem with this is, this is the kind of the Musharraf Zaidi school of Pakistani optimism, right? Right. Like, just let's find one thin sort of... Barely silver, like bronzish lining, and let's cling to it for dear life. Yeah. Well, the engineering is happening, but it's so much harder yeah. because there's so much new technology and new media that basically exposes the the fallacy and and the stupidity. Can't do yeah, I mean, this is the, no, you. I, I'm sorry, I uh, rejected. Hashtag rejected. Okay, because actually
1: I reject you.
0: (laughs) uh, No, actually, here's the for me. Here's the rub.
1: Yeah.
0: Fine. We have this election. I think we've already concluded that the engineering won't succeed per se, but it'll succeed to the extent it'll succeed to the extent that you will end up needing a coalition. It'll fragment the and, and corrode the ability of any of the big parties to really. Uh, go forth into the into the day, you know, all guns blazing, which Nawaz Sharif could have in 2013. Uh, a whole separate debate about what he did with that opportunity. Um, but is the fundamental problem in Karachi Mahajid
1: identity? Not at all.
0: Is the fundamental problem in KP or Farta, you know, Pashto? Yeah. No, uh, a no. No. is the fundamental issue in Quetta. You know how we should distribute resources between the Hazaras, the Pashtuns—not the, the Pashtuns, but yeah. the Pashtuns—and the—and the Baloch. Yeah. I mean, this is not no. They need people need resources to be able to live like human beings. Yeah. Uh, people need local self-autonomy in order to build up what can't be built up from seven hundred eight hundred kilometers away yeah. especially if you have no voice that far away there's no real discussion about what the fundamental problem in Karachi is which is a lack of local ownership over the resources and over the decisions that shape the the, the that city yeah. uh, for, for decades now we've heard about the fragmented ownership of Karachi that even when you have local government it doesn't own or control more than 35% of the city. And you can't actually govern a city if you don't control it, if if you don't have jurisdiction over it. And why don't we have that jurisdiction? Because of DHAs and cantonments and Karachi Port Trusts and all these instruments of basically bypassing local human Ownership and, ownership and and democracy yeah. because because it's too messy because you don't want to deal with the bitchgadi you don't want to deal with the with Ajmal khatak poetry you don't want to deal with constant resentment from the Baloch you just don't want to hear it you don't want to look at the Ajraks and and have to be reminded that you know these people have existed for so many thousands of years yeah yeah whatever whatever with your backward culture can we move forward can we build roads and and move forward without you yeah. And the answer resonates from every corner of this country and every community. No. No, you can't. (laughs) Because you can't ignore us. And that's why you have originally... uh, All the original sins emanate from this germ. al Tafusan, crazy, wild, intoxicated, shameful human being, you know, excuse for a human being. But... Bad singing. uh, Bad, bad... Well, fantastic (laughs) dancing, but bad singing. But, you know... It's not really, uh, like, we, could, we, could, we can be as contemptuous as we want of Altaf Hussain, but we have to accept that he managed to channel something in Karachi that had, that had been growing there for decades.
1: You see that feeling, right? This is, this is the thing, exactly that. Like, what I find sometimes, and I don't understand Karachi as well, but recently what I've found is that you urge a muhajir and you say, wait a second. Uh, you contribute to the national kitty, maybe, God knows what, 40, 50 percent. But no, you can't demand anything for it, right? And number two is that while you can't demand anything for it, you also better give up who you are. And that, even when I look at this particular sense of engineering, there's a fundamental thread that has gone through about mohajirs, which I find is widely held, and which I saw in this engineering as well, and which people are now talking about, and it has to do with MQM support. Now, imperfect actor, bad actor, but it articulated something that resonated with them. Like at least, you know, somebody's speaking up for us in a way that we recognize that these issues that they're talking about. So whether you're asking for a quota system, for it to be aligned properly, whether you're asking that, you know, give us stuff, make sure the city isn't crumbling at its you know very foundational roots or that you know you let us control some parts of And what and, and
0: and all of these ethnic narratives and people
1: say no no not you guys
0: but but people say no to to Sindhis yeah. people say no to the most dominant minority in the country dominant yeah. in the which is which is Pashtuns right yeah, like i mean uh, you know so it's not uh, this is not a uh, this is not the song of the mahajid. This is a song of all peripheral identities. But the problem with framing I mean, that you know in that way problem is that it's not peripheral, man. Yes. This is the this, this is, is the, the bloodstream. Yeah. This is the bloodstream of this country. And the amazing thing about this country, the 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 most redeeming quality of the country is its diversity. Yeah. Is that you can go from Namkeen to like, you know, Cindy Biryani and be like, whoa, yeah. just mind blown, yeah. right? And that it all belongs to one big cauldron called but Pakistan. I, I
1: tell you, I have a, I'll tell you where I see the root of the problem, and I'll tell you a story. The story made me laugh. Like, it really made me laugh. It was... Um, the problem I see is that, you know, in, even in, in the anti-Mohajir thread, I'll find, like, a lot of bakhtuns. Yeah, these dudes, man. Can't they get with the program? And while they don't want to get with the program themselves, but they feel... and. I find that one of these minority groups, they haven't actually developed that kind of consensus that it's also that, you know, there are alliances to be made that we can change the narrative on this. And the funniest one I ever heard was my brother has a friend in America, a doctor. And when he told me the story, man, like I kneeled over laughing. His friend is in Emadi, Bakhtun. And he would go to one of the mosques, right? So he would go to one of the mosques. And then he'd come back. He he'd go to uh, and he came back and he says, "Yeah, dude, I like this place, but like too many bloody Punjabis, man." <laughs> 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 oh, it's, I, I was like, that's everything, man. <laughs> like, like, so that's
0: then everything. He encapsulates it. Right? Yeah, that's right? everything.
1: So the Malajit also does the same. The Patoon does the same, and it's you know it's one of the worries why. Why are we back at this space but, but, every five years? No, but also yeah. that I
0: feel like I feel really let down by this conversation, if yeah. I can be honest with yeah. you. I usually come out of these conversations feeling bored. I feel like I, I don't feel bored. I feel I feel defeated because in a sense, it's not just, the you know, fine, the military, you know, and the intelligence community in this country, they try to engineer everything. But there's some responsibility that, that goes beyond the military like we can't just pin everything like the intelligentsia in this country supposedly you and i we just spent 40 minutes talking about the thing that we both agreed is not the thing that should be talked about yeah what does a functional megacity look like what strategic economic and uh tactical advantages does it offer to a country what are the instruments of inclusion in a city where it's easy for the poor to get to get sort of expressways built above their populations uh, laurent gayer in his book about karachi writes extensively about this kind of feeling of exclusion that the flyover culture and the bypass culture has created. Because essentially you have rich people driving over these poor sort of, it's a a fascinating book and I I strongly recommend it. I really
1: enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: it's it's a great book. And so, you know, we're not having those conversations. Where is the space for collaborative working that is being fostered by the Sindh government or the Karachi government? Where are the really smart young techies they may be in safians uh, you know but but they're still there's pakistanis yeah. and and this country should be enabling the smartest and the best and the brightest in this country how are we doing that where are the spaces for innovation and growth in Karachi? what's w- beyond sort of a donor funded startup uh, ecosystem what 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 is the network of uh, incubators and angel investors uh, where are they converging Karachi should have been the answer to all of these and many other questions. Uh, Karachi is a cosmopolitan sort of uh, like diamond in, in in the rough of Pakistan's largely monolithic, at least religious, uh, identity. It's, it's, I it's, have to say one thing about Karachi. Identity. I
1: think I agree with all that. I think there is one problem that I sort of sympathize with Muhajars on where they express a very parochial view, but I can understand why that is. Karachi is subject to immigration, internal immigration in a way no other city in the country is. And their worry, which tends to actually make them uh, rather prejudicial towards other ethnic minorities. Well, you know, I don't condone it, but I can understand it is like when you say, okay, we haven't got what we want, but when the time comes, we might not be able to control it. Um, And that's why like this fear around the census and other issues. So I agree. I think getting them together and to work in a way that recognizes it, because even though they may be contained to Karachi, the problem is that Karachi is growing in a fashion that it's not going to just be a Muhajir city.
0: Well, so I, I let me, because yeah. because I'm sort of, I mean, I have no problem with the label, Muhajir. Yeah because I am one, um, even though I don't live in Karachi and haven't for a yeah. long time, and I don't, I shouldn't at least pretend to understand, you know, every yeah. every problem in Karachi. I mean, I think people living there have a decent sense, but we still have a right to have, you know, our opinions. Yeah. Let me say this about the uh, Mahajir identity. Uh, there is a very peculiar class of what I call uppity Mahajirs that, yeah. that don't want to deal with the Mahajir question. Yeah. Uh, then there is a. Uh, I mean, there's many types, but, but the really problematic aspect that is shared across both uppity and non uppity managers, if you will, yeah. is the sense of cultural superiority, uh, the sense of being more sophisticated, more educated. This is a prejudice that is deeply ingrained in the psyche. And, and the reason that I mention this is that what that prejudice has done in terms of their memory mm. of what Karachi really is, is that they are visitors and migrants and settlers in the home of the Sindhis. Right. And if you do a survey of how many Urdu-speaking people can speak the Sindhi language... It is atrociously low, remarkably the very same families, the UP walas who settled in Peshawar, mm. they speak fluent Pashto mm. Hinko speakers who are not Pashtuns, not Yusufzais, speak Pashto. Mm. The settlers in Saraiki, I have family uh, mm. you know from Yupi who settled in Bhavalpur, mm. more fluent Saraiki and Punjabized urdu mm. right, and no and no problem. It is the uniqueness of the demography of Karachi at at the time of partition uh, and independence that actually has produced this kind of weird, this is our city. Whereas legitimately, lots of Sindhis look at this assertion that this is our city and think, really, guy? Because like, uh, you know, we were really nice to you when you got here and now like... There's no room for us, yeah. because literally, that's that's the assertion. The Karachi, or rather, you know, there's a there's a segment of Mahajir's sort of sentiment that believes it's not just the Pashtuns that are invaders. Yeah. Everybody else, it's it's just their city. Yeah. You can't you can't do that, and and so I think some of the contempt, uh, at least among Sindhis, uh, is something that has to be grappled with. Yeah, but some of the contempt. Uh, that we've seen in the discourse the last few days is truly inexplicable and it just well it's i mean it's explained through through fear and classical prejudice right yeah. people don't understand something and then they take the worst version of it that that is offered to them and and use that as their as their baseline ultimately though the future of this country is going to rest on the shoulders of the ability of this country to cultivate and nurture urban spaces yeah. that that thrive urban spaces that represent places where people and minds and ideas come together, where there's lots of friction, but lots of productivity. Mm-hmm. And, and to an extent, Karachi has been that, and that is why it's endured, uh, you know, for so long as, as a big, even a behemoth, uh, and, and dysfunctional city, but still, it still endures. I, I think that if we want a better future for this country, we're going to have to solve Karachi and solve it in a, in a way that, that allows us to step away from the, from the minutiae of ethnic identity and, and, you know, create a narrative in which people who are from that city don't feel alienated from the conversation about it.
1: So I just want to add one last thing before we go, is that I recently, I fell in love with the name Multan Sultans, right? I thought it was even better than Peshawar Zalmi. And what a great name. And then there's a, an internet user he wrote on Twitter, Mike Alpha. Uh, really creative guy, actually. So what he said was like, I've always had a problem from, he's from Karachi. I've always had a problem with the name Karachi Kings. Like it says nothing about Karachi. He said, if I were to name it, I love two, three of the names. He said, Karachi galleons, uh, you know, Karachi mariners, just giving an idea of what Karachi is. But then what I found interesting was what people decided. So I retweeted it because I thought, whoa, this guy has a really solid point. Like, ever since he... Po- I never... I was ambiguous about Karachi Kings, but ever since he pointed that out, I don't like the name. Um, what he then... I retweeted it, and then other people started writing in. How about Karachi Target Killers? How about... <laughs> Karachi water tank, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and, and just we're talking about like dudes.
0: Come on, yeah, but I, I would say let's not allow as we I think have said so often on this in this conversation, pussy. Let's yeah. not allow you know a few sort of uh, a few punks on on social media. Yeah. Uh, let's not paint uh, the whole country and 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 the discourse. Well, it's <laughs> hard. It's <laughs> hard, but but let's not allow you know that to paint our perspective about everything.
1: I actually think if I, I I haven't checked, but I'm sure most of those guys are pretty. They're probably really well-intended people as well. Oh yeah. And and I've noticed with a lot of people prejudices. If you explain what's wrong, you say, oh wait, you're right. We never thought of it this way. So I'm giving uh, a that hey, happen.
0: like Daniel says, yes. there's two kinds of agents one in the world. Agent
1: lover and, and agent killer.
0: With that uh, positive-ish yes. note, yes. Can thanks. Can
1: everybody please be listened to agent lover? Did I say Danial? Yes, I'm so sorry. Danish Ali's
0: agent lover. We're closing out. All right, goodbye. See you soon. I'm in bicep Accident on the road, Jab I have long billboard, will see you in the mall, to the wall. pool degree. doctorate membership to my
1: love counselor. cover, cover.